looking forward to this discussion a lot. I have been for days. I'm not going to lie to you. This fascinates me. Um, Canada's maple syrup industry, okay, uh, it's been it's been international news. I mean, not big news. Jimmy Kimmel was talking about it earlier last week, which kind of surprised me. Um, and basically, the situation that we have on our hands right here, right now, is um, we're going to be tapping into our strategic reserve of maple syrup. Our strategic... I didn't even know we had a strategic reserve, but we do. And uh, 22.7 million kilograms of maple syrup will be released from the strategic reserve. Believe it or not, Quebec produces about 73% of all the maple syrup in the world. And there's an international, there's a global, I don't know what you call it. There's a global institute. There's a global research. I mean, basically, this is an international group that's monitoring and regulating the supply of maple syrup, and for good reason. So we're going to get all the details on this now. It's really interesting. We're going to chat with Abby Vandenberg, who's a research associate professor at the University of Vermont Proctor Maple Research Center. Abby, thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really interested in this because, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even realize there was a global strategic maple syrup reserve. I found out now that there is, though. Uh, tell us about how long has it been around? How big is it? What do you know about this strategic reserve? Well, I mean, full caveat, full disclosure here, I'm a tree physiologist. Right. So, you know, the business of things is a little outside of my wheelhouse. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're learning about the strategic reserve because it's fulfilling its function, which is fantastic. So it was put into place uh, by the producers of Quebec in the early 2000s, and it was designed to uh, make sure that there was a continuous supply so that as they built markets for maple syrup and continued to grow the industry that they, there would never be a shortage of maple syrup for those markets. Um, and in doing so, would also enable them to guarantee their producers a nice, stable price. Um, so what we're seeing now, like I said, is the strategic reserve performing its function. Uh, the last, like uh, many or basically every other agricultural product, you know, not every year is right. a great harvest. And last year's maple syrup harvest was not so great. Um, so they were able to tap into the reserve so that there was no shortage of maple syrup for all of that, all of those markets <laughs> that they've done such a great job of building. Now, Explain to us how this works. I mean, I think we have a we have an understanding that maple syrup comes from maple trees, but what caused the issue? Like, how is it produced, and why um, was the weather? Is it weather that's not ideal? I mean, what what causes a good year versus a bad year? Uh, it generally speaking, it all boils down to weather. Although it does get a little bit more complex than that, but essentially for the sap to be harvested, we have to have fluctuating temperatures above and below the freezing point. Um, so it's, you know, the freezing followed by thawing that allows that sap to be harvested. And in this year in particular, in many areas across the maple-reducing regions of North America, there were not a lot of sap flow days, not a lot of days where we had those freeze thaw fluctuations. Um, and there was also, um, so basically that led to a, a relatively low harvest. And the uh, sap sugar concentration was also a little low 
in many areas this year, and so that contributed to it as well. But, you know, as you've said, it's not like dramatically off, right? It's not like it was a disastrous year, a little bit lower, but we're really not in this position where we've got suddenly a maple syrup shortage around the world. Exactly, and that's in part, I mean, it was a really terrible year for some people, no doubt sure. about it. Um, but uh, because the strategic reserve is there, there isn't anything close to a shortage of uh, of maple syrup. And part of the other contributing factor too is that there, you know, the the industry has worked really hard to build new markets for maple syrup because the production of maple syrup has been really growing over the past decade or two. So they've done a great job at building those markets, so there's a big demand. And then after the pandemic hit, there was an even increased demand for maple syrup as people stayed home and cooked at home more. So it was really a a great thing, this huge increase in demand for maple syrup. So combine that with the short season um, in terms of the harvest, and, you know, there's the reserve doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, so it's more an issue of demand and supply being slightly off, not dramatically off, that, that contributed to the situation that we're in now. I would say so, sure. Hey, how how big of an industry is this? I mean, I mean, we all know it exists, and we all know that there's a ready supply of maple syrup, but when we're talking about, like, how many million maple trees are there out there that are part of this industry, do you know? I should know. Um, <laughs> millions and millions of maple trees. And it's all through Quebec, and obviously in Vermont, where you are, and other parts of the U.S. are involved as well, but Quebec is, is sort of the wheelhouse for the production of maple syrup. Right. I mean, like you said, they produce like 73% of the world's maple syrup, and that's why their system, so this is a a Quebec-based system and reserve, it's why it is basically responsible for setting the price and sort of dictating the um, uh, dictating the industry throughout the world because they are producing and responsible for the vast majority of maple syrup. But, you know, the rest of Canada, or not the rest of Canada, but many of the other provinces in Canada are also contributing. You know, Ontario, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. We have most of the northeastern U.S. and some of the upper Midwest um, as well. Uh, But Quebec and Vermont are really the dominant players. But when you (laughs) Quebec versus uh, Vermont, you know, the the difference is just astronomical in terms of percentage of worldwide production. Very interesting stuff. Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That is Abby Vandenberg, who um, is a research associate professor at the University of of, uh, Vermont and with the Proctor Maple Research Center. And I guess it shouldn't come as a total surprise that there is all kinds of infrastructure around maple syrup, just like any other commodity. But it's really interesting to me when, you know, we have a global strategic maple syrup reserve um, that actually is being tapped into this year. And as we said, okay, here's some here's some details on the maple syrup industry in our country. Um, we're releasing 22.7 million kilograms this year from the reserve in order to make sure that supply doesn't um, get badly outpaced by demand and prices don't spike, which apparently happened a number of years ago in 2008. Apparently, there was two or three years in a row where things weren't good in the maple syrup industry. The weather wasn't good, wasn't a good turnout, good yield, whatever you call it, and things got really, really bad, and we actually emptied the global strategic reserve in, like, 2008, and we did see prices around the world skyrocket. 
had no idea, don't remember it, but apparently it happened. And of course, and a number of you are pointing this out, and I remember hearing this story. There was a heist. There was actually 3,000 tons of maple syrup were stolen from the Global Strategic Maple Syrup Reserve. This was back in 2012. Um, and uh, somebody's telling me there's actually a Netflix documentary on the maple syrup heist. I haven't seen that, but I might watch it. But, uh, yeah, it was an international, you know, high-stakes heist of maple syrup from the strategic reserve that happened uh, about 10 years ago. 3,000 kilos of this stuff, and then it was, you know, taken, and distributors apparently bought it not knowing necessarily. I mean, there's, there's a whole background into this. But they call it liquid gold, and now you see why. It's treated like that in a lot of circles. It's, it's worth a whole lot of money.